Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Rattled and Shook is released weekly every Thursday and brought to you absolutely free. But if you want to listen ad-free, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get exclusive bonus episodes. For more information, check out the show notes. Now, enjoy the show. And now, presenting Rattled and Shook. Hi, I'm April. And I'm Meredith. And this is Rattled and Shook, a podcast where we tune into scary stories and discuss our deepest, darkest fears, but in a fun way. So April and I realized recently that we didn't really say where we're from, (laughs) and we thought that'd be pretty basic info to share, Mm -hmm. give you a little context. I don't think either of us is very forthcoming with personal information. (laughs) The first couple episodes we did, every time we said anything personal we said redacted (laughs) um edit that part out (laughs) yeah take some warming up so yeah so april's from new york and meredith's from new orleans (laughs) did you try to say that with an accent i tried to say it the way i think new orleans people like to say it right or the proper way to say new orleans which is not new orleans right yeah new orleans yeah did i do it right you did do it right and then there's there's different rights for different people, but a lot of people are like Nolans, and uh, I'm like, no one says it that exaggeratedly. Mm-hmm. And also, I'll I'll be it. I don't have an accent. Everyone will call me out on that. People are like, are you from Connecticut? <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty good guess. Yeah, and I literally was born and raised in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I just. It all got canceled out. Were your parents from elsewhere? Yeah, my dad grew up in New Orleans, and my mom's from Massachusetts. Okay. And therefore, I, I sound placeless. Uh, why don't you try saying Long Island the way... Long Island. <laughs> well, apparently, people from Long Island say Long Island. Mm. Apparently, that's a thing. Yeah. Long Island. Do you think I sound like I, I'm from Long Island? Yeah, no, a little bit. Like, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Even the way you said cold. Called cold. out on? Yeah. Oh, called. How, you say it. Called. Called. You have a little cold. Yeah. It, the awe. Awe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have an awe. It's like though. Little accent. Just a little coffee. Yeah. You say that. <gasps> it comes out with uh, water. People say I say water. Mm-hmm. 
And you say podcast. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) Our first story was sent in by Lauren Kay. If you like ghost tours, well, you might not after this one. I live about 45 minutes away from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, one of America's most haunted locations. Gettysburg is famous for the pivotal role it played in the Civil War, as well as the ghost stories that have since arisen from being a site of one of the country's greatest mass casualties. The ghost tourism industry is huge there. It's hard to find a spot in town or on the battlefield that doesn't have at least one haunting story. Around Halloween, when I was about 20 years old, some friends from high school called me up and said they were going down to Gettysburg for a ghost tour. I've always been into the spooky stuff, so of course I said I'd love to come along. We picked a tour at random, and when our scheduled time came, we walked along with our guide, who was, of course, appropriately dressed for the time period, complete with hoop skirts and a candlelit lantern. We listened to stories of phantom cannon fire, mysterious apparitions, ghostly voices, and so on. It was a great tour, and we were all having a very lighthearted and enjoyable evening. However, our last stop was very different from the rest. While the other stops along the route had been mostly located outside historical buildings and along heavily trafficked sidewalks, this last part of the tour was located behind a row of buildings, between a growth of dense trees and what appeared to be a runoff ditch. Immediately upon entering this secluded area, the atmosphere grew heavy and somber. The noise of traffic and pedestrians through the streets of town became muffled and distant. Though we were less than a block from the shops and restaurants that filled downtown Gettysburg, it was, for a lack of a better word, oppressive. This was our guide, informed us, the location known as Wineburner Run. The story of Wineburner goes as follows. Immediately following the Battle of Gettysburg, the area experienced a days-long torrential downpour. This downpour flooded the Wineburner, which was then a wide, fast-moving stream and the main source of clean water for the town. As the battle raged through the town and left massive numbers of wounded soldiers in its path, The injured had been dragged, or dragged themselves, to the banks of this stream in order to provide them with water to drink and cleanse their wounds. But the heavy rains swelled the wine burner at a pace faster than the soldiers could escape, and many were either swept into the current or simply drowned where they lay. It was said that so many soldiers were washed into the rushing waters that they formed a sort of human dam and their dying cries could be heard throughout the town as they screamed for help, but it was too late. Our tour guide told the story of the brutal scene from long ago and ended her presentation by inviting us to walk around the space on our own to see what we could for ourselves. After lingering by the edge of the water for a few minutes, I decided I would walk down towards the end of the run where the tree and underbrush grew a little thicker and the lights began to fade. I turned and began to walk away from my friends and the other people that were going along with us on the tour. When I had gotten about 10 yards away from everyone, I leaned forward to look between the trees and try to see through the darkness. It was then that I was suddenly overcome with the sensation that there was someone standing right beside me. 
directly to my left, and a noise like someone had loudly sighed or breathed into my ear. I jumped about a foot in the air and spun around, thinking one of my friends had crept down beside me to play a trick. But all of my friends, as well as the rest of the tour group, were all standing well away from where I was, much too far for someone to have run away before I could turn around and catch them. I chalked it up to a noise from a passing car on a nearby street or a breeze through the tree branches overhead. Something natural and perfectly explainable. At least, that's what I tried to convince myself it was. In my heart, I knew what I had heard and felt, and it certainly didn't feel like it was just an ordinary noise. I quickly rejoined my friends, and soon enough we were on our way back to the car. I didn't speak a word of it to anyone, and no one at any point mentioned anything similar. It wasn't too long before I had mostly forgotten about the whole thing. About two years later, my best friend was visiting. We both had the evening off and decided we were both in a mutually spooky mood. So naturally, we were off to Gettysburg. We walked around for a bit before finally deciding to take a ghost tour. However, this guy didn't take us to the Weinbrenner. At the conclusion of our tour, my friend and I decided that we would walk ourselves down there and check it out. Of course, I had already told her about the whole history and my own personal experience from a few years back. Approaching the Weinbrenner run, The atmosphere once again grew thick with apprehension and eerily quiet. We walked quietly, watching and listening carefully for anything unusual. Again, I decided to walk the same path as before, heading towards the trees and away from the light. I was just leaning forward to look into the darkness of the water below when the sensation came over me, just as it had before. The feeling of a person standing directly behind me on the left side, And once again, right into my left ear, the presence whispered. Only this time, it said a single word. And though the voice was static and monotone and almost no feeling or inflection, the word itself was as clear as day. Run. And I did. I spun all the way around and took off without hesitation. My friend, who had been standing a good distance away, barely had time to register that I was coming towards her before I snatched her arm and dragged her with me as fast as I possibly could out of the darkness and onto the street behind us. We came to a screeching halt at the end of the street, but before I even had a chance to open my mouth to offer an explanation, a police car abruptly pulled up next to us and stopped. The officer rolled down his window and greeted us and asked if we had been running from that direction, pointing back down from where we had just come, back towards the Weinbrenner. We confirmed this, and the officer asked us, did either of you ladies happen to see a man running around back there wearing a gray shirt? We said that we hadn't, that we'd been the only two down there for quite some time, at least the last half hour or so. Well, said the officer, just be careful. And with that, He rolled up his window and drove away. Okay, so I think there's a couple different ways to take this. I thought it was about to go in the direction of, like, the voice actually saved them. Mm -hmm. I I think you're right. There was some man running around, maybe a dangerous man running around. They didn't see him, but she got warned by a Gettysburg ghost. That's what it sounded like to me. 
Yeah. That's how I want to take the story. I like that. So the first time she went, she just heard breathing? Or... Yeah. It's funny that like you would go back. Yeah, we've talked about that some. Like, Would you go someplace knowing or expecting something creepy to happen? I know myself, and that's a no from me. Mm-hmm. I can see wanting to get maybe some closure or like wanting to understand what happened and go back. But it sounds like she was just in a mutually spooky mood with her friend. And that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Do you want to be in a mutually spooky relationship? That is on Meredith's Hinge profile. <laughs> <laughs> and then followed by, because I don't. I think that I give off vibes that I'm in a spooky mood. And people assume I'm in a spooky mood and do a lot of spooky things towards me. And it's turned me off over the years. Like a lot of people <laughs> like scare me and try to scare me. And Really? Yeah. You think people are trying to scare you because they think you're spooky? I think they think we're in a mutually spooky mood. <laughs> and I'm a lot more of a scaredy cat than you think. Whereas like I think yours is a little bit more surprising how much you like it. Oh, really? Well, it's, it's not that I think you wouldn't like it at all but i don't know if i would peg you walking down the street as someone who i don't have a spooky walk <laughs> <laughs> i don't know for me it's like being scared by something external is is like a welcome invitation because i'm terrifying myself within my own mind on a regular basis with my own like anxiety and things that are not fun you know yeah i like that it kind of jolts me out of my own body or my own head I you see. know I have to say I think the visuals stick with me like I've mentioned this to you but I will see like a horror trailer 10 years ago and I will think about that four seconds like I saw it this morning mm -hmm. that sometimes happens to me but it, it's like it happens at key moments like if I wake up at 3 a.m. And then suddenly something I've seen in a horror movie from like seven years ago will pop back into my head yes yes and I have a heart. I have like just a really active imagination with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You remind me of a young me. And now a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Here's another story. 
I have a medical background and a certification I rarely use. I volunteered almost immediately thinking I would help those who have lived through Katrina. That was not the case. There were a few of us who were assigned once the water started to recede to find houses that had dead bodies in them. If you've ever had to do a body recovery when it has been lying around in the heat in the water for days, sometimes even weeks at a time, you know how it smells. It does sort of smell like any other dead carcass, but much worse. I can't explain it. Maybe somehow sweeter smell. Anyway, the key to not vomiting when you smell them is Vicks under and around the bottom of your nose. It doesn't keep all the smell out, but enough until you can at least tolerate the smell without vomiting. We had to go to each house and go inside in wading boots and look for bodies. Many of them washed out to sea, but some were still in the houses they had lived in prior to the hurricane. We found a body. We spray painted a big X on the outside of the house. This other guy and I had been doing it for a while and we got assigned each other almost every day. We got along okay and he didn't vomit at the ones that had been gotten to. We came up to this one old shack. I say shack because it was pretty run down. Right away, I got chills down my spine. I knew there was something really wrong. Not like find a body kind of wrong, but chilling kind of wrong. Now New Orleans has certain areas that just give off these vibes. Anyway, against everything my body was screaming at me, we went into the house. The first thing I could smell was a body. The second was something almost earthy and moldy. I looked at my partner. I'll call him Jay. Jay was as white as a sheet. I could tell he was getting that same feeling I had been getting. Something odd had been going on in the house. It was obvious from the weird bones hanging from the ceiling. I would bet money that they were cats, as well as strange beads and carvings in the bare wood in the walls. We went into what was a kitchen, and there, chained to a beam, was an old lady, or what was left of her. She had chained herself by her wrist to the beam. Her guts were falling out on the floor. The creepiest thing was her face still looked as though she were alive and staring at us with a wicked smile, showing only partial teeth. They were nubs. My skin started crawling as the goosebumps spread over my body, and my neck hair stood up. Suddenly, I heard the most unearthly, cackling noise I have ever heard in my life, and my flight or fight kicked in. Jay and I ran out of there. We quickly painted the X and literally ran to the next house. That scared the ever-living shit out of me. It still gives me nightmares. The people I feel sorry for are the ones who had to take that crazy lady out of there. Jay and I discussed it that night after we went back to the hotels north of there. He had heard the cackling too, but we both said it had to be the wind or something. Pretty freaky story. So I guess they're thinking she's some sort of like Louisiana witch. Yeah. I think that was the, who can chain herself up, which is very impressive. Yeah, that sounds like it's in the lexicon of the swamp witch stereotype. Yeah. It's a fun kind of witch. Nubs for teeth. Yeah. I can't speak on that. I don't know how. <laughs> so I'm I'm from New Orleans. I grew up in New Orleans. And like the X's are definitely something I remember. Mm. In the four quadrants of the X, they would write different things. Like the number 
of bodies found. And it was just spray painted. Mm -hmm. So it was this really unofficial thing that then after Katrina, when people came back all over the city, you know, there were these X's on the houses with like these really creepy reminders. That's weird. So morbid and horrific. Yeah. So what was your situation and what happened? Um, So I remember like in the days leading up to Katrina, things kind of escalating. And then at the last minute, it being like, everyone get out. And so my brother, myself, and both my parents, I remember we boarded up our house. And then I remember leaving late at night through one of the windows and then boarding that behind us. And I remember the sky was pink and the clouds were moving so fast and it was so windy. And I remember being like, huh, this looks bad. Hmm." And so my parents are in the medical field and we went to the hospital and then we were just probably going to go home in the morning. Yeah. This would be like two days. Yeah. And then the next day, that's when the levees broke, the city flooded, the power was out. There were no safety systems in place. There was just like a ton of looting. There was like a lot of desperation for anyone that was left in the city. I can't even imagine what that was like, but I do know a couple people that were in their houses and had to get canoed out of their attics or something, you know, like the water rose that high eventually that they went to their second floor and then, you know, had to call for help. That's a terrifying thing, having to keep going higher and higher in your house and then you have nowhere else to go. Yeah. I remember my parents kind of made the decision that my dad was going to stay and like continue working at the hospital and that my mom, my brother and I were going to try to leave. I didn't actually feel really scared or like sad about anything until we were leaving my dad because I remember that was the first time I'd ever seen my dad cry. Yeah. Like yeah. the first time you see your dad cry, you're like, what is happening? We didn't see him for over a month. Oh, whoa. So your dad was there helping working at the hospital. basically. Yeah. My dad has insane stories about that time. Oh, man. But yeah. we got into the car and I remember we like said bye to my dad and we didn't know when we'd come back. And then we convoyed out of a completely empty city, no cars anywhere. And eventually we passed huge all-terrain vehicles filled with like FEMA support were coming towards the city as we were leaving. So you evacuated after everyone else, basically? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else that I knew. It felt like, what's so, that? I am legend. What's that? Like Will Smith, you know, apocalypse movie? I am legend. Yeah. Yeah, it's like any apocalypse movie, even like The Last of Us, like parts of that. Yeah. Oh, would you look at that? It's ad time. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. 
From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. So the way you describe horror and the way you react to it, I feel like we're kind of on the same page about a lot of stuff. I'm just way more scared than you are. Or you chose a different path. It's like Jedi and <laughs> Sith. Are you the Sith Lord? Yes. I chose the path of spooky. <laughs> you chose the path of light. Well, I don't know. I think I might have chosen a path in the middle because I tend to go towards disturbing or That's true. creepy. Do you think visuals scare you more than... um? Music. Audio, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a hard one because music and sound effects is doing the work in horror. Yeah. I mean, I love moments of sound design. Yeah. I love it all. I also love, it's not even like the most amazing movie, but there's this movie, The Woman in Black with Daniel Radcliffe. Did you say Danielle Radcliffe? Um, I guess I did. <laughs> there's a moment in that movie that I really love and he's just like sitting at a desk and behind him, in shadow, a door opens, just like a dark figure appears, and it looks like it starts to move towards him Ugh. as he's just sitting there like completely unaware. There's no music. It's great. That is great. Yeah. So I love silent moments, but then there's also like, I just rewatched The Shining recently, and I was like, oh my God, I never realized how much work the sound design is doing in that movie. Because everyone thinks about Jack Nicholson or like just the setting. Eyebrows. Yeah, those eyebrows. I never realized that it's such a, like a visceral watching experience. It really is. Because of the sound design. Mm, I need to rewatch again. I watch that one a lot. I really mm -hmm. like it. Yeah. And some of the visuals that are disturbing aren't even like scary. It's not like it's a nun with her eyes missing. It's like something that shouldn't be there. Yeah. A conversation that shouldn't be happening. You know, a door that shouldn't be open. Like those kinds of things, I really, I do delight in those things. Yeah. Yeah, I think you like subtleties. You like disturbing, you like psychological thriller, but you don't necessarily like a face in your face. <laughs> I do not like a face in my face. I don't yeah. like a face in my face. Yeah. You know what, though? Like, they don't leave my mind necessarily. I can shove the visuals to the back of my mind or... But you kind of delight in them. Desensitize. Yes, I do delight in them. I you do. freak. <laughs> I very much delight in a face in my face. <laughs> Here's our next story. We moved into a new house a few months ago. As we were in the process of purchasing the house, the renter who was living in it died unexpectedly of natural causes in his mid-40s. I'm sorry, right off the bat, it sounds like they killed them. They're like, the renter that lived here before died unexpectedly of natural causes. Mm -hmm. He died of death. Shortly after we move into the house, and almost immediately, 
our two-year-old daughter starts talking about the ghost that lives in our house. Now let's be real here. She is two, and two-year-olds are very impressionable. Halloween had recently passed, and she had this Halloween-themed picture book that she loved to read. So it's entirely possible that all this talk of ghosts was just coming from looking through that book on a regular basis. Still, she was always telling me that the ghost was in her playhouse in the basement, or that the ghost was on the stairs, or that the ghost was standing in the corner. She never seemed to be afraid of the ghost and considered him to be her friend, so I wasn't all that concerned even if there was a ghost haunting our house. If he's a nice and helpful ghost, it could certainly be a lot worse. I would often tell the ghost that he was welcome to stay if he wanted to, but he was also welcome to go if that would make him happier. I was about 30-70 on the ghost being real and she could see and talk to him versus the ghost being just her imagination fueled by her Halloween book. Until one day, when we were going out to the car to go to daycare in the morning. It was still dark out and rainy. My daughter had told me that the ghost was on the back deck, and then she told me that today was the ghost's birthday and she wanted to sing him happy birthday. Once again, I mostly disregarded what she was saying, as she is birthday obsessed and has in the past made us sing happy birthday to Mickey Mouse, a bowl of fruit snacks, and the bathroom. So we sang and wished the ghost a happy birthday and went on with our lives. Later that day, out of pure curiosity, I looked up the obituary of the man who had died in our house. And wouldn't you know it, it was his fucking birthday. This kid is hilarious. She sounds delightful, and aren't we so mm -hmm. excited to have kids? No. Oh, no? Uh, I, oh. I will be opting out. <laughs> I was wondering, like, who they addressed in their happy birthday song. Like, what did they call this man? Happy birthday. Mm -hmm. Happy birthday. See-through man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think also the fact that she was like, I was 30-70 on The Ghost Being Real. I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh. More open-minded than uh mm -hmm. Okay, I will say, if I were to have a child and they told me things like this, I would be too quick to believe them. Oh yeah, your your ratio is 99-1. <laughs> but yeah, I would if my kid came to me in the middle of the night and was like, there's something under the bed. Mommy's not going to check under your bed. Yeah. Well, because I would be more concerned with, is this an actual man who's intruding? Yeah, why is my little girl's uh, best friend of mid-40s man? Mm -hmm. Why? That is actually really funny. Like an imaginary friend, like she's like this little girl with like a sticker book and her imaginary friend is a man in his mid-40s. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, there's there's a man living in our walls. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. I'd be like, who's inspiring this? Yeah. Also, like, what do you guys talk about? Like, what do you have uh, yeah. in common? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good question to ask in terms of like risk assessment and stuff. <laughs> like, what do you talk about? Did you have an imaginary friend growing up? I would end up. Uh, no, actually. Which is weird. I feel like I would have an imaginary friend. I think I had an imaginary friend. In fact, I do remember like my brother and I telling each other who our imaginary friends were. But I feel like it was like we knew we were supposed to have them. My imaginary friends named this. Oh, really? My imaginary friends named this. Like it was like that kind of thing. Uh huh. So it was really just born out of competition. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was like, oh, imaginary friends are a thing. Like I'm going to have one. Yeah, I understand that. I feel like I kind of was bummed that I didn't have one. I had like a very wild imagination as a kid. I would imagine lots of scenarios that I was in, but I don't think I ever actually like dreamt up a fictional person for me to or a fictional being for me to interact with. Real ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Real, real ghosts. Mm-hmm. 
so we got some really good irrational fears. We shared a couple last week, but um, we wanted to share a few more and keep them coming. They're great. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's one that I wanted to read to you, April, that I really liked. Dr. Coach said, I think I have the weirdest one. Haha. I'm terrified of biscuit cans. You know the ones you slowly peel the strip until it pops open? I'm 45, and at 7, I opened one, and a biscuit flew out and gave me a heart attack so bad I wet my pants. So from that moment on, I mostly won't open them. If I have to, I put them behind my back and peel the wrapper with my eyes closed and against a wall. I actually totally relate with this. Pillsbury dread. Yeah, it's like a jack-in-the-box. Yeah. It's like opening a bottle of champagne. (laughs) When I'm in the moment with it, there's just this dread of like, When's it, it going to happen? happen? Yeah. I have dealt with this before where I think I'm so worried about it kind of exploding that I don't peel it off the right way and then it doesn't open for me. <laughs> it's like too thin a layer that I peeled off and then it just stayed closed and then I had to use a knife. That happened to me a couple times. Oh, no. <laughs> but you got your biscuits. I did. I got my crescent rolls, which we call favorite rolls. Where? Um, back home in Long Island. In Long Island, you call them favorite rolls? My family called them favorite rolls. That's so cute. Mm-hmm. Was that just your family, though? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were saying Long Island said that. No, I was, I was joking. You called them favorite rolls because everyone liked them? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if we had anything like that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see you next week, everybody. (laughs) Rattled and Shook is a Tenderfoot TV production in partnership with Odyssey. Executive producers are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Co-executive producer is Meredith Stedman. Hosted and produced by April Ruha and Meredith Stedman. Lead editor and sound designer is April Ruha. Additional production by Sean Nerney. Production management by Tracy Kaplan and Jordan Foxworthy. Original score by Makeup and Vanity Set. Original art by Puppy Teeth. Follow us on social media at Rattled and Shook. know that science solves crimes. Forensic science is exciting, challenging, and most of all, rewarding work. But there is a shortage of qualified individuals in this field. Hi, I'm Terry with Loyola University of Maryland's Forensic Science Department. Loyola is one of the only colleges in the country offering advanced degrees in forensic pattern analysis and biological forensics. Our courses, taught by forensic experts, feature hands-on training and small class sizes. 
They are based on real crime scene and forensic examiner training programs to ensure you are ready to make a difference. Our programs are open to students from a variety of academic backgrounds because we believe everyone can contribute to solving crimes. So what are you waiting for? Discover the excitement of forensic science at Loyola University, Maryland. Visit loyola.edu forward slash forensic for more information. That's loyola.edu forward slash forensic because you are ready to make a difference. Join one of Loyola University, Maryland's forensic science programs today.